It is good to be back in the house of God. Amen. I I take it that you must be a little cold this morning. <laughs> I I get it. The mask is what's got us so quiet. It's yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. If you just bear with me, we we don't intend to be before you very long, but we do want to share. God has really pressed upon us this week. We Last week we wanted to really encourage us and today we want to challenge us um, through God's word as we look in the book of Acts chapter 10. Chapter 10 in the book of Acts. We're going to be looking chapter 10 and chapter 11 as a series within this book of Acts. Uh, this what chapter 10 and 11, or at least the first part of chapter 11, deals with is something that is very familiar to us. Something that we're just having to deal with today. It seems, and to be honest with you, it's been, we've had to deal with it from the beginning of time. And we'll deal with it when you and I are gone. And whoever's left on this side of life, we'll deal with it then. Uh, it's just something that's going to be here. We can't legislate this out of here. Because it's a heart problem. It is a heart problem. Today we're going to talk about breaking down prejudice. And for this first message in this series of breaking down prejudice. We want to just think for a few moments about a devout sinner. Is that even possible? Well we see it in this passage today. In the book of Acts chapter 10. We're going to look in verses 1 through 8. And... As we look there, we're going to find that that this is very relevant for today, as, especially as we continue in for the next few weeks. You know, there are many truths that are uncomfortable for us to admit. And we find that this country is just dealing with today one of the greatest truths that we find hard to admit, and that is the truth of prejudice. Prejudice exists today. Yes, in 2020, prejudice exists. Somebody can say amen. It's okay. It's okay. It's in everywhere in the world. It's in every nation. It's in every state. It's in every city. It's in every neighborhood. Prejudice exists. If we'll be honest, we can probably name family members within our family who usually has a tendency to say something that makes us uncomfortable as it relates to their prejudice. Uh, if, we are, if we were all alike, you know, we wouldn't have to deal with this issue. But because we're not all alike, this is something that we're going to have to deal with in this life because we are different, we, we don't all look the same. We don't have the same background. We don't have the same interests or the same gifts. Because we don't make the same amount of money or, or we have different types of people in our lives, prejudice is going to rear its ugly head. When we feel we are different, we either become the victim or we become the culprit. In other words... We either feel mistreated or we begin mistreating others. We're on one end of this. Uh, 
in Acts 10 and 11, it begin, this narrative begins to show us how Jesus breaks down the barriers between all people. Jew and Gentile alike are, not, are now one in Christ Jesus. And we, we've really got to come to that. We, we can talk about our country is great at distinguishing people by the color of their skin or by their nationality. We are great at, at the saying that we're Americans, but we're different Americans. Say amen. But you know what there is? There's two groups of people that's from the beginning of time to now, and that's the Jew and the Gentile. You know what? We, if we're not Jewish, we're Gentile. That's who we are. We can lump us all together if we're not Jewish we are Gentile. And here the Bible helps us to see that Jesus has broken down the barriers. But until we come to terms with this, by not only accepting this as truth, but also living this out in our lives, we're not going to see the change in society that we're looking for. Here in this passage, as we look in these first eight verses, the Bible says... There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what is called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before, before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. This is God's holy word. Pray with us. God, as we come before you today, we just thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for each one that is here today. We thank you for the homes that are represented and God, we give you praise for allowing us this opportunity. For all those who've worked to make this day possible, God, we give you praise for them. God, we ask that you would just be with us throughout the remainder of this service, that whatever said and done would bring glory to you and would magnify your son. So now, God, you hide me behind the cross, and you come out, you speak to your people, and God, you move upon hearts. And if there's any here today who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, let this be a day that they call out, what must I do to be saved? For God, we know if they call upon the name of the Lord, that they shall be saved. So now, God, you move and minister, and we'll give you praise for what's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The Jewish people were persecuted more than any other people group that's ever existed. Through the centuries of their formation as a people, we, they were enslaved in Egypt for a time. I believe the Bible declares for a little over 400 years they were slaves. No one's been enslaved that long. 
outside of the Jewish people. Uh, they, they saw their firstborns drowned in alligator-infested waters. They fought with almost every nation of people. They were conquered driven, and driven out of their homeland for 70 years. They, even the, in the day in which Jesus walked the face of the earth, they were under the rule of Rome. And even as early as the previous century, in, uh, between 1941 to 1945, there was a holocaust that took place where many Jews lost their lives. And today, even today, anti-Semitism still exists. With all that they face, their religion is what seemed to have kept them together. What made them a distinctive people was their rules governing the Sabbath, governing the temple, intermarriage, worship, cleansing, and their diet. And let me, well, let me stop right there and just be very clear. Their rules on intermarriage had nothing to do with the color of their skin. Their rules on intermarriage had to do with their faith, not by their skin tone. Knowing this, they opposed anyone and anything that threatened to break the laws of their religion or their nation. Now, in the past, where the Jews went wrong is where they lorded their distinctive lifestyles over people. Yes, God called them out to be a peculiar people. He called them out to be his own holy nation. But God did not call them to act as if they were superior to others. Instead, God's purpose for them was that they would share their God with the rest of the world. They were to live their lives in devotion to God and treating others in such a way that they would, that they would know that there is a one true God who truly exists and that they could have a relationship with him. And instead of sharing their God with the world, the Jews separated themselves they claimed that, that their God and his laws was theirs and theirs alone. The only way you could know their God in their minds was to conform to their ways and to do what they done and, and to actually become a Jew yourself. They built barriers between themselves and the rest of the world, the rest of Gentiles. But in the fullness of time, God would set in motion a plan to break down the walls of prejudice. God would, would, would send his only begotten son into the world that the world might be saved. God, through his son, Jesus Christ, would provide salvation for Jew and Gentile alike. And as we look in these, these next few messages, we'll see that God has racially and religiously broken down the barrier of prejudice. God loves all men, women, boys, and girls, and he desires that all would come to know his son. His son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. And as we look here in this passage, what we begin to see, as if this is going to open us up to a series of messages on this, is we see a Gentile's devotion to God. Here, 
Well, we're, in, we're introduced to a satyrian soldier by the name of Cornelius. He was part of the Roman army uh, leading a regime of Italian soldiers. It appears that his regime was stationed in a Gentile city called Caesarea. And we must be aware that Caesarea is a place where the strict sect of the Jews did not want to go. If there was any way possible that they could avoid going into Caesarea, the Jews would avoid going. Going in. Cornelius was what we would call a unique, uh, he, a unique Gentile. He was very unique among the Gentiles. The Bible says he was a devout man. In other words, he was a religious man. He led his family to fear God. He was a man with a heart for helping others by giving alms to people, but he was also a man who prayed. The Bible says that he prayed always. So we must understand that Gentiles were known to worship many gods. But Cornelius was not like the other Gentiles. He was not worshiping the false gods. Instead, he was worshiping and he was praying to the one true God, the God of heaven and earth. So what, what we may wonder is how is it that this Gentile became different from the other Gentiles? Why is it that this one, he come to worship only one God, the true God? Why is it that he only prayed to one God, the true God? Well, perhaps, perhaps it's because he looked around and realized that, that there had to be a God who created all that he was able to see. Psalm 19 and 1 tells us the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament of his handiwork. Folks, or, or perhaps not only was nature a deciding factor, perhaps he saw that the Jews worshiped their God with a genuine passion and, and they were truly devoted to their God. Maybe they were moved by the practices of justice and morality that the Jews put in place. Maybe he resonated with their devotion and prayer time. Whatever it was, it moved Cornelius to seek after God. And, and here comes my question to us. I wonder, are we living our lives in such a way that other Others who see us, others who are far from God, they, they see our passion, they see our devotion in such a way that they're also seeking after the one true God. I wonder when people see us, do they see our devotion to the church or do they see our devotion to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I wonder what does it what does people say about Reedy Branch Baptist Church? Now if I ask you, I'm gonna hear your reply, and because you're a part of this church, I hope and pray that it's all positive. If you got something negative to say about the church, please don't tell me, especially if you're a member here. Don't tell me. I, I see enough. But I wonder what the people in our community that don't ever come through these doors. What does people in the town that's, that's just right outside of, of this building, what did they say about this place? What did they say or what comes to their mind when they think about the people who are here at this church? I wonder, I wonder today is the first thing that comes to their mind is there a predominantly Native American congregation? Do they think that we only want a certain class of people worshiping here? Or do they think that we're a congregation who loves the gospel, lives the gospel, and shares the gospel? 
Do they think that we're a congregation who hurts when our community hurts? Do they think that, that all races are welcome to come and worship with us? Do they think that, that we would love to lead anyone to faith in Jesus Christ? Folks, we must remember our vision here is not to build our own kingdom of people like us. That's not what we're trying to do here. But our vision is to be and to become a fellowship of believers who are winning souls for the kingdom of God. And I'm not talking about Lumbee souls. I'm not talking about native souls. No, instead, I'm talking about red, yellow, black, and white. We're all precious in God's sight. And I'm talking about the soul of every man, woman, boy, and girl that we come in contact with who is lost and on their way to hell that we're willing and wanting to lead them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ I pray I don't know if that's what people think about us but I pray that's what they see when they see you because that's who we are when they see me when they see you we're Reedy Branch this building's not Reedy Branch we are Reedy Branch This is who we're striving to be. Truth is, we don't have it fixed. God's still working on us. We don't have it. We, 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 we're far from cornering the market on breaking down the walls of prejudice. But we're working on it. I can say that because God's still working on us. None of us have arrived yet. And therefore, when we do... <laughs> God will get all glory. <laughs> we want to deal with things as long as this world stands. But one day Jesus has taken us away from here. We won't have to deal with it any longer. But while we're here, we can make a difference. Yes, we see, we see the devotion of a man here. And I wonder what would people say about our devotion. But that's not all we see in the text. We also see a visitation from God. Someone said Christianity is not devotion to work or to a cause or a doctrine, but devotion to a person, to Lord Jesus Christ. It appears here that Cornelius didn't know the person of Jesus Christ. And with this being the case, although he was a devout man, he was still a lost man. But what is apparent with this lost man is that he was searching. He was searching to know more about God. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Folks, I don't know what you may be looking for in this life. But all we have to do is ask, knock, and seek, and God will reveal what we need. Here, this man is praying. This lost man's praying to God. This lost man is, is devoted to God. He's leading his family to, to, to be devoted to God. But he's lost. You know, John's gospel in chapter 3 tells us of a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night seeking to know more about the kingdom of God. 
And Jesus shared with him in John 3 and 3, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus became more confused by Jesus' words than he was prior because he asked the question, how can a man be born a second time into his mother's womb? But Jesus shared, unless he's one born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus went on to share in other words, now we, we've got to see what he shares in John three sixteen when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What Jesus is telling Nicodemus, what Jesus is telling the world is that if we want to know the kingdom of God, if we want to know about God, if we want to have a relationship with God, we must come by his son, Jesus Christ. It's the person who seeks God whom God saves. Some of you is going to question that in a moment, but just stay with me. God will do whatever is needed to get the gospel message of salvation to the person who is seeking him. And we know God is not lost. He knows where he is. (laughs) We're the ones who are lost and he comes and finds us. But you know why he finds us? Because when he calls upon us, we begin to seek him. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord is your Savior and he's beckoning on you and he's calling upon you and he's, he, you know without a shadow of a doubt that he's, he's calling you to serve him and you keep rejecting him. And the more you reject him, the less you're going to sense him calling you. You'll find yourself pleading with him. I want to give you a secret. He's still there. Even in the midst of you pleading. But if you keep rejecting him, you'll sense him less and less. Not because he's went further away from you. But because you've grown colder to him. The one who is warm. The one who is, who is hot. Who is seeking him. He's going to make sure you have a way to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 14 says, How then shall they call upon him whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on him who they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And the truth is, we all are the preacher that Paul was speaking about. That preacher, for that person that you know that's lost, that you may be the preacher. As as born-again believers, we must be willing to share the gospel to anyone who may be seeking to find God. Because it's in Romans 1 and 16 that, that we find that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. So Cornelius here, in this vision from God, while he's praying, he was to send the man, send men to Joppa to see Peter. And ask him what to do. Here's a man who's seeking God. And God said, okay, I'm going to help you find me. So send men to Peter. Go find Peter and tell him to come. And he'll tell you what you should do. Cornelius recognized the angel of his dream was from God. And he immediately surrendered himself over to the instructions of the angel. Because Cornelius' prayers and generosity, they came to God as memorial And now God was about to reveal himself to Cornelius. As devout 
as Cornelius was, it wasn't enough. His worship of God, it wasn't enough. His fear and reverence for God, it wasn't enough. His prayer and generosity, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to save him. Cornelius knew he needed more. And what did he need? He needed to be born again. He needed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. His Cornelius, Cornelius, he was obedient to the instructions that he received in this vision. He sent two from his household, two servants out of his household and a devout soldier to find Simon Peter. It didn't matter that this Gentile sent to find Peter, a Jew, to help him. He just simply trusted and obeyed the message of God. Listen, unsaved, you may pray to God every night, but it's not enough. You may attend church regularly, but it's not enough. You may pay tithes and offerings, but it's not enough. You may be morally good, but it's not enough. You must trust and obey the word of God. We must be born again. We must believe that God, that God in his infinite love for us, he sent his only begotten son into the sin-cursed world, born of a virgin. We must believe that, that he lived the sinless life, fully obedient to his heavenly father. We must believe that, that for that he was beaten. He was crucified. And he died for the sin of the world. He was buried and on the third day under his own power he arose from the grave proving that he was the, indeed the savior of this world. And now he's at the right hand of the father awaiting his return to receive his bride. We must also believe that we are sinners in need of a savior. We must trust that if we confess our sins he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must trust that if we call upon the name of the Lord that we shall be saved. So my question for you if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior are you ready to obey Are you ready today to surrender your life to Jesus? Are you ready to make him Lord and Savior? If so, you can call on him right now. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, you can call on him and, and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit will lead, guide, and direct you And whatever form of prejudice you may find in your life, he'll begin to break down all of those barriers. Listen, prejudice isn't just about skin tone. Prejudice is about preference. Preferring yourself over others. And God has a way of breaking that down. Even the coldest, darkest heart God has a way of melting it, softening it, and shaping it to be what he'd have it to be. Are you ready today? Are you ready to allow God to move in your life?
in a way to where he changes you for all eternity. Oh, the day would be a good day. <laughs> the day would be a good day to come to know Jesus and let people see him make the difference in your life. Oh, watch the barriers fall. Watch whatever chains are binding you let loose because you've let God take control. You can only know him through Jesus. Oh, are you ready today? If you are, I'd love to lead you in this prayer. If you're ready today to give your life to Jesus, would you just pray, God, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that you love me in spite of me. You love me so much that you sent your son to die in my place. God, you've spared me to this day because this is a day that you've made. It's a day I have an opportunity to receive your son as my savior. God, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me white as snow. And God, as you do this, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Oh, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you most of all for saving me. Now, God, allow your Holy Spirit to lead me, guide me, and direct me. And I'll give you praise for all that's accomplished. Help me, God, to not only trust you, but to obey you. And we'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, if you prayed this prayer and you're ready to give your life to Jesus during this song of invitation, if you've already given your life to him, why don't you come and tell me? If you're satisfied that you're saved, come and just let me know. But if you're not, and you want to talk about it a little more, I'll be glad to meet you.